CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. It's time once again for another edition of the podcast. It's your money and your life with Don Cash and myself here to talk about the tax man, the tax man cometh, uh, which is a Great Beatles song, by the way, The Tax Man. We're kind of going to reference that a little bit here, so many of you may be familiar with that song. And, uh, you know, it's that time of the year, man. It's dreaded for many, happy for others. What's your thoughts? How's it going, my friend? Mr. Don, welcome in. How are you? Going good as we're taping this. It's just about tax time, Mark, mm-hmm. just about the deadline. And I love this lyrics to that song, by the way. They're hysterical. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you listen to the words carefully, it you know, it says, let me tell you who it will be. One for you, 19 for me. I mean, that's so clever. What he I'm means the by tax th- man, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What he means by that is one twentieth is for you. That's five percent that the Beatles got to keep and split up between them. Uh-huh. And ninety-five percent, that's nineteen for uh for May, nineteen twentieth is the government or the tax man kept that. So mm-hmm. what's interesting, that song was written back in nineteen sixty-six. And I guess in the prior two years, the Beatles started making a lot of money and <laughs> they were getting killed with taxes. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, we'd love to play it as well, but, you know, it's the Beatles and you don't want to. There's some of the things that you just can't play on, on shows. But I think many of us are familiar with it. And you think about that. I mean, that's just a staggering number, right? 95% uh, for the government. It kind of makes you wonder, like, you know, what, what is that? Well, I mean, is tax rate we 95%? Is that is that really accurate? I mean, that's pretty pretty darn high. Yeah, you know, I believe it or not, back then the tax rate in uh, the UK was more like ninety-eight percent. Well, wow. <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, ours yeah. was ninety at one point, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. I mean, that's why they hired a team of advisors, and some of the Beatles even moved out of England because of that. And yeah. as you mentioned, that in early nineteen sixties art tax rate scraped 90%, which is hmm. hard to believe. I really thought that was sooner earlier for some reason. I guess I didn't realize it extended that long because I remember Reagan making that comment about, you know, only doing three movies a year because the fourth one they took like not all the money or something like that. So, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Pretty scary, really. Uh, and it kind of just certainly makes you wonder what kind of tax rates we could be looking at in the future. I mean, we've been talking about that for a while, Don, you and I, uh, along with many people, because we know that the rules are going to sunset and they're going to go up anyway, but could they go up a lot higher, which is why we're going to talk about tax rates in retirement today. Will they be higher? Will they be lower? You know, our, you know, as we kind of wrap up what was the 22, uh, 2022 tax year, excuse me, and plan for the rest of this year, what should folks be looking at? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Mark. What many people are beginning to realize is that the taxes they pay in retirement will often actually be more than what they paid when they were working and what they've been taught their whole lives. And we've all gone through this, right? Is defer, defer, defer taxes by contributing to the IRA and the 401k. And it just uh, adds to the taxes you need to pay down the road. And, you know, people really get a sense of this when they're in their 70s, when they where they must take money out of their IRA and start paying taxes on it. Yeah, and I think there's been a lot of conversation that's making people wiser earlier, which is good. Uh, certainly in podcasts like ours and others, you know, certainly helps that. So it just certainly depends on the tax rate when you are working, uh, whether or not you should be adding money to you know IRA or 401k or, or looking at other options to your point, not kicking that tax can down the road. Yeah, you know, absolutely. In addition, if someone's 
getting a matching contribution from their employer it's kind of a no-brainer to contribute you know at least to oh, get yeah. the match right yeah free money right yeah and you're right if they're at the highest tax rates now like you know 35% or 37% even uh, and if you add the state taxes of 8 or 10% I mean, they're going to go for the deduction now it, it does make sense sure. now you're scraping 40 or 50% oh yeah no i certainly get it but there are blind spots so so where are they you know that we tend to miss in retirement don when it comes to those potential taxes you know there's a few things that come to mind mark that most people really don't fully understand uh, tax rates today are really historically low, right? We mentioned that when the Beatles wrote that song, the top tax rate in the 60s was 90%. It was more in the UK, of course. Right. But there were actually 24 tax brackets. <laughs> oh, wow. Holy Think man. about that. That's insane. 24 tax brackets. And people are thinking, oh, yeah, that was you know, for the multimillionaires like Elvis or the Beatles or right. you know celebrities. But if you were a person making like, a modest $200 a week back then, you were already at the 43% tax rate. And that's, wow. That's higher than a person with a million dollar income today. Today, the top tax rate is 37%. That's, I don't know. I really don't know what to say, actually. That's kind of $200 a week, 43%. That's amazing. Like, yeah. I mean, what do you say? What do you do? Right. It just was, it was what it was. Yeah, I mean, if people look back on that and they, they just don't get the fact that historically we've had these kind of punitive taxes for average working class people. And today there's not 24 tax brackets, but there's seven tax brackets, Thankfully, right? They start yeah. at 10% and they go up to 37% at higher incomes. But, you know, these are the federal tax brackets. They do not include state and local taxes. But right. The question is, here's a question for you. When the federal tax code started in 1913, how many tax brackets did you think there were back then? Okay, when it started, and if we, by the 60s, we were in the 24. Let's just say something simple like, I don't know, four. That's a good guess, actually. It was cl pretty close. The answer was seven. Oh, okay. There was seven, like today, mm -hmm. there were seven tax brackets in 1913. And it was very simple. Seven brackets starting at 1% then stepping up to 7%. Oh, well, so yeah. We had, that, okay, that's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah so we had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Here's what's amazing. Only four years later, there were 21 tax brackets. Oh, jeez. <laughs> with a top tax rate of 67%. Wow. So we went from 7% to 67% in four short years. And the big change, of course, was World War One. Right, yeah. And Congress passed something called the War Revenue Act, in 1970, I was getting ready to say it had to had to have something to do with World War One. I'm sure. So, definitely an interesting historical historical perspective there, Don. And it really does, you know, kind of highlight that potential for big changes in the tax code. I mean, the current tax code expires, as I mentioned earlier, in just a couple more years, uh, 26. Right, it's when we we start the new one or the old one, I guess, in this case. Yeah, exactly. It kind of reverts back to the 2017 tax rates and prior. But that's right, January 1st. 2026. So keep that in mind when you're doing your planning, the tax hey, rates. Hey, Don, and the funny part about that is that's if Congress does nothing, which they're good at. <laughs> they are good at that. Things are kind of gridlocked now. And right. Like people think that, oh, Congress will square that away. Well, they may just may... do nothing and let it happen. But then again, they could make it even higher than that. Right. That's, that's the potential. 
That's right. So it doesn't look like it's getting any better, right? That's the bottom line. Yeah, so true. You know, the big elephant in the room today in relation why tax rates might be rising, of course, is the federal deficit, mm-hmm. right? The, the federal debt. And I encourage everyone to look up the, the US debt clock dot org. I oh, sent yeah. that to you before, Mark. Do you get a chance to look at it? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I I mean, in real time, it shows the national debt in total by taxpayer interest on the debt, GDP, all these numbers. And the numbers go up so fast, it makes your eyes hurt. It, yeah, it does. It gives you a headache, makes your eyes hurt, and just kind of actually kind of makes you depressed a little bit. So don't it's look at crazy. it for long. Yeah, don't look at it for long. And it's funny, in uh, Times Square, this they have this debt clock very similar with the, the numbers are going up constantly. And, you know, we talk a lot about trillions of dollars, Mark. And, That's so and a trillion dollars, is it's so much money, it, it's just hard to wrap your mind around, right? I mean, think of it this way. If you had a million dollars in your IRA, a stack of $100 bills three feet high is about a million dollars. So if you had $2 million in your IRA, that's about the height of an average person, mm-hmm. $2 million in $100 bills. So a billion dollars in $100 bills is the height of 10 Empire State Buildings. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And a trillion dollars on its side would stretch from New York City to Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. I just quickly Googled that as we were chatting. $100 bills totaling a trillion bucks stacked on top of each other would be 63, 631 miles high. Like, that's crazy. Just going straight up, right? You know, so it's kind of mind-boggling, you know, to, to kind of process that. It would wrap around the Earth, you know, that, that much, you know, like 30 trillion would go basically around the whole Earth. So it's, I don't know, pretty crazy. It is. And it's funny because I saw the number that it was stacked on the side. It would be 2,000 miles. So, I mean, it's, I guess it depends on how much it compressed that. Yeah, but, going up, I guess it would compress it more. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, the point is, either way you look at it, it's, <laughs> it's a crazy amount of money. Right. But here's the bottom line is this is how it affects us in real life. The debt needs to get repaid somehow. Yeah, right? somebody's on the cl- on the hook somewhere. Someone's on the hook. So, one of the key numbers that you look at when you look at that debt clock, is the debt per taxpayer mm-hmm. is about $250,000. Quarter so, million bucks. Quarter million dollars. So if you add up the taxpayers in your family, you have yourself, your spouse, a few children, that's over a million dollars. And here are the, here's the bottom line. In retirement, clearly your biggest expense item is taxes. And that's every person, right? So yeah, if you're a family of four, it doesn't matter if the kid's 10 years old, they're on the hook for quarter mil. Right. That's the bottom line. That's the way you kind of, if you want like a kind of a stark punch in the nose, right? That's if you've got a little teeny baby in the house, they're on the house, they're on the hook for a quarter million dollars at the rate we're spending stuff. So, I, big question, Don, where are we going to get the money? Well, one spot, right? I mean, it's not like they make a product. Yeah, you're right. And that gets to the next blind spot. I mean, people don't get this. Like, you know, your kids are kind of starting off with that. You're debt. born into debt. Yeah. Right. And that's, you know, where we have to look at the numbers, right? There's a $31 trillion debt. Mm -hmm. There's by many estimates, if you add up all the value of retirement accounts, IRAs, 401ks, retirement accounts is $40 trillion Mm -hmm. in retirement accounts. That's the easy target. That's where the money is. Mm. And if you're an IRA millionaire, you know, watch out. So Mm. 
you know, remember what the Beatles said, if you drive a car, I'll tax the street, right? <laughs> if you try to sit, I'll tax your seat. If you get too cold, I'll tax the heat. If you try to walk, I'll tax your feet. Now, oh, I don't man. know what the rhyme is. If you save too much, I'll tax your IRA. I, there's got to be a rhyme. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh man. So God, that's terrifying. So what can you know? What can we do about it? I mean, obviously, Don. One strategy, the biggest strategy that we seem to hear most often, and you and I have talked about it a number of times as well, is the is the Roth component, right? Yeah, we talk about the Roth IRA strategy. And I think what people need to realize, even before they get into this idea of converting their regular IRA to a Roth IRA, is that the taxes will be paid. Uh, oh, yeah, you can't get away from it, right. Right. I mean, the taxes are going to be paid on the IRA 401k money. It's just a matter of how much. Yeah. So the question is, do you want to control how much you pay or... Do you want to leave it up to the government? So, that's that's a great word too, right? It's a control. Whose control do you want to have? Your own or theirs? That they exactly. Yeah. Right. So if you leave it up to the government and kick the can, it's going to hurt more. It's going to tax your seat and the heat and the feet. Yeah, right. Gonna, right exactly. <laughs> and there's got to be a rhyme in there for your IRA and 401k. Yeah. So we should all, hey, of course. The, with the IRA and a 401k, the more you may have to pay. Oh, I like that. The more you pay there you on go. your 401k. There you go. Oh, I got to write that down. Because <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'll the send tax it to Paul man. McCartney. There you go. There you go. <laughs> He'll write an update. But, um, you know, the taxes have to get paid. We yeah. talked about that. Yeah. And, you know, of course, we all should be paying what you call a fair share right. of what's due. But we, we shouldn't be getting hammered and paying much more than our fair share. And look at it this way a million dollar IRA. It might have a lifetime tax due after all the required distributions, Mark, of $500,000, right? Yeah. Because distributions get more and more and more every single year. That's half. Get, yeah, that's half. And a $2 million IRA might have a million dollars in taxes due. Mm. You know, we could show that to people when we sit down and kind of go through a spreadsheet. And sometimes it's hard to believe that it's that much. But, you know, many would say that it's more than their fair share. Yeah, really. I was just thinking that and that whole fair share comment, we see some of that stuff going around and it's like uh, there's a, quite a few analysis out there that say that less just under two thirds of the of the U.S. population pay taxes. There's like over a, one third of people out there that don't pay taxes and it's not the billionaires. It's, you know, it's usually not the, the, the ultra rich that they like to you know make the fuss about. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess it's hard to kind of fathom, Don, the, the lifetime taxes being due, right? I mean, we know that the IRA requires those distributions. We've talked about it many times, and they pushed them back. Does that help? Does that give you more room to plan, more strategizing time? You know, it, it does. And it gets to, like, you know, the what are the good ages to plan for all this? Right, and, right. You know, everything depends on your personal circumstances, your age, your income, family situation, whether someone has children or they don't have children, who they want to leave money to, that sort of thing, Right, their income needs. But age, generally speaking, generally, age 59 to 73 is perfect. Uh, it's before the required IRA 401k distribution age. Mm-hmm. Even over, over age 73 is okay, but it's not as good. And there's other opportunities we discuss over that age, like the tax-free qualified uh, charitable distribution strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Roth IRA is a great planning tool, but and people need to realize that when the accounts get passed down to the next generation, Mark, this is the key. That's when there's a potential for 
kids to really get hammered with taxes and totally mess things up. Mm-hmm. And it's likely when they're most vulnerable, when they're raising kids on their own or their kids are going through college and they're already at a high tax rate and their the rules get so complex, it it's easy to make a mistake. And if you make a mistake, you could be paying the tax and a 25% penalty. Yeah. So that's the beauty of the Roth IRA planning. It creates simplicity for the family. And, and of course, there's no tax due. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, right? That means there's no tax. The money's tax-free. It's growing tax-free, correct? So you don't have to do those RMDs for, the, exactly owner, for right. the owner of it. Yeah. That's right. And, and even for the kids, when they are when they inherit it for the first 10 years, there's no RMDs. Yeah. I was going to say, I was glad you brought that up because they, they will have to now that they've changed the rules a little bit on the stretch. But yeah, they do have the 10-year window. 10-year window, no required distributions. And at year 10, when they take everything out, it's all tax-free. Mm-hmm. So it's simple. It's you know makes life easier on the family. Uh, there's fewer rules that could mess up and you know cause someone to owe excess taxes. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so what else do we need to know, Don, when it comes to looking at the lifetime taxes in retirement? You know, I'll give you an example of a few cases I've worked on recently. Great. Um, one is an elderly relative of a client of ours. And I think more and more people really fit into the situation than, than one might think. So uh, she's a widow from that she's in a long-term care facility. And in this neck of the woods, the cost of care is over $150,000 a year, believe it or not. Mm. Uh, and many people have experienced this with family members needing care who might not, they might not have long-term care insurance, Mark. So it's all being paid out of pocket. And a lot of people don't know that the long-term care expense, the cost of the nursing facility, it's tax deductible. So if you have a person with modest income from, let's say, Social Security, IRA distributions, and all their income lumped together is maybe $50,000 a year, they're essentially, they're not going to owe any tax. Hmm. I mean, I get that, sadly. They they, they have this huge medical bill uh, that they can deduct from their income. So where does the financial strategizing roll in? Okay, so think of it this way. If the person needs care for, let's say it's for five years. Okay. I mean, I use my own family. My dad needed care for 15 years. So right. five years is not excessive. It, it does occur. They'll have a huge medical expense deduction. That kind of goes to waste when you think about it, right? So if they have a $500,000 IRA and you know maybe five or $6,000, $600,000 in cash from mm-hmm. selling their home. Right. When they pass away and leave the IRA to the kids, they didn't do any planning. The kids will need to pay deferred income taxes due on that five hundred thousand dollars, which could be, you know, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Yeah. So in this case, if mom's in the nursing home, she can simply cash out the IRA in a chunk each year at a time that she was in the nursing home, in an amount that kind of matches up with the long-term care expense mark. And the deduction from the nursing home bill could wipe out the tax due. So she could actually eventually pass the money to the kids free of any income tax owed on the IRA if she lived long enough. Or she could actually do a series of Roth IRA conversions each year and owe zero tax on the conversion. Yeah, I like that. That's clever. That's a good way of thinking about that. Yeah, I mean, that, and think about it this way. There's over a million people. I think it's a million or a million and a half people now mm-hmm. living in a nursing home. So just think of how many people might be 
you know, be able to help and be benefiting from that kind of strategy. Wow, that's actually kind of lower than I would have thought a million people. So considering there's what, 370 million of us or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so you mentioned a few things. Okay, so that's one. What else? Okay, so I mentioned now there are ta- seven tax brackets, right? Correct. correct. talked about that? Mm-hmm. The first two tax brackets are the 10% and the 12% tax brackets. Right. Right, the 35% and the 37% on the upper brackets. So here's something that a lot of people don't know. About 20 years ago in 2003, there was a creation of something called the 0% tax on long-term capital gains. It's not very well known. If you're in the first two tax brackets... That's that 10 or 12, right? Yeah, 10 or 12. You pay zero, so nothing, nada in taxes on the sale of an asset that would otherwise create a long-term capital gain. So that would be things like stocks, second properties, real estate, things hmm. like that. So if you can get down to that tax bracket, you could kind of maybe avoid, you could kind of have to use this, you know, not very well-known little spot, I guess. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Can we? Can yeah, I'll give you an example. example? In fact, yeah. there was an article on this last weekend in the Wall Street Journal. Okay. It, it talked about, can you uh, grab a 0% tax rate? And I okay. just sent, I sent a, you know, this kind of example to the writer uh, on this, because sometimes they, you know, they might reach out to me for comments and things like that. Sure. So this works out great for people, especially in early retirement. So let's say we have a, a married couple, Mark, age 65, mm-hmm. just retired, not yet collecting social security. And they have that three foot high stack of hundred dollar bills, a million dollars <laughs> in their IRA. Right. And they need $100,000 a year in expenses to live on. That's their budget, right? And they own, let's say, a lake home they bought a few years back when the kids were younger for $125,000. Now it's worth $240,000. If they sold it, they'll have a long-term capital gain of $115,000. Right. You with me so far? Yep. So if they sell it in the first year they're retired, when they essentially have no other income, They'll recognize $115,000 of income on their tax return. The standard deduction for 2023 is $28,700. It brings their taxable income down to about $86,000. Okay. So the 12% tax bracket tops out at about a little over $89,000. So they're technically in in that range. So they're in the second tax bracket and voila, no tax. Hmm. So think of it this way. Now they have $250,000 in cash they can live on for a few years, right? Mm-hmm. And in that period of time, they can continue to defer their Social Security, and they can do a series of Roth IRA conversions on the IRA and pay very little in tax on those conversions because they only have basically some interest income on the $250,000, not much. They kept it in a savings account right, just to pay right. their bills. And after they spend the money from the sale of the home, they can collect on the Social Security, and a good chunk of their IRA will be converted to a Roth IRA with very little taxes paid. Yeah, that's really cool, Don. And, and of course, as always, and I appreciate you kind of breaking this down. Uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't always we bring this up, you know, quite often on the show. But 
every situation is different. We're, we talk about different ideas and and some generalities and even some specifics like that. But you you must check with a qualified professional before you take any action, which Don is. He's a CPA and a CFP because every situation is going to be different. And you want to make sure uh, before you take any action, you're seeing how something might affect your unique situation, whether it's our show or any other show. Uh, you should always check with a qualified pro. And if you need some help, Don is available. Uh, just find him online at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com or call him at 800 664 1183. That's 800 664 1183. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well, Your Money and Your Life on Apple or Google or Spotify, all that good kind of stuff. Uh, so, really good stuff, Don. So, very cool. Uh, I appreciate all the insight, the information. And of course, I also got the Beatles song stuck in my head, too. <laughs> all right, Mark. See you next time. Yeah, I appreciate it. And of course, again, folks, if you got some questions, need some help, reach out to Don. He's always here to do so. And again, he is a CPA and a CFP. So give him a call, give him a jingle, stop by the website, whatever that looks like. And we'll catch you next time here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.